Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll talk with the Canadian Food Grains Bank about their five-year strategic plan. And up first in today's country comments, I'll talk with the Executive Director with Direct Farm Manitoba. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. After two successful years, Direct Farm Manitoba fears that Manitoba Community Food Currency Program will fail to continue for the 2022 farmers market season. The program provides community food coupons to participants to spend directly on Manitoba farm products at their local farmers market. With the details, here's Executive Director Christy Bainin. The Manitoba Community Food Currency Program is a program working to address issues of food security for low-income Manitobans while supporting local producers and farmers. So basically, we come alongside community organizations. We have women's centers. Um, I know in Morden, we have Many Hands Resource Center. And we come alongside those community organizations, and we provide them with vouchers. So they select participants, and they hand out these vouchers, either weekly or biweekly, and those participants can go spend those vouchers directly on farm products at their local farmer's market. And how long has this program been running? 2020 was our uh, pilot year during COVID and all of that uh, craziness that ensued. And then last year was our, our, our first full year. Now, you have some concerns, um, you know, about what will happen to the program this year. Can you fill us in? Sure. Yeah. Um, basically, this year we haven't, um, we haven't received the funding we need to be able to run the program this year. And that's uh, very unfortunate. Um, the the surveys that we received from the participants from the end of last year's program were overwhelmingly very positive, and we had a 98.5% redemption rate on the distributed currency. So that was almost $60,000 of um, vouchers that were handed out and then spent by participants at the farmer's market. So if we don't um, receive the funding we need, unfortunately, we won't be able to run the program this year. And it will be unfortunate in so many ways. Uh, the people and the households we already worked with in the community organizations last year all still want to be a part this year. And we also had um, much more community demand than we've been able to meet so far. We have many organizations and farmers markets wanting to join the program. Is this provincial funding that you won't be getting this year? Um, we're still hoping on to provincial funding through a grant. That's a cost-shared grant, so unless we receive other funding to match that, we may not be able to use that funding. But this year, we are really looking for direct provincial investment. This program in Nova Scotia is a $400,000 program. It's a $2 million program in BC through their farmers market associations, who we work closely with, and we've modeled our program after the highly successful BC program. And their programs have really been able to spread throughout the province and provide a lot of help to Manitobans and a lot of help to producers and farmers by having direct provincial investment. So this is investment that doesn't require um, writing many grants to hope you have enough funds to run the program the next year. This is an investment that's an annual investment that can really make this program build and spread throughout the province. We were happy to run this program in four rural locations last year, as well as within Winnipeg. This is if, if a program is needed this year more than, than ever when we see the rising inflation rates and we know that people who are on that edge could really use a lot of help to get healthy local food on their tables. This program supports farmers after a few hard years and it's just a great way to bring the community together.
That was Christy Bainan, Executive Director with Direct Farm Manitoba. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Canada Beef will have access to up to $3.6 million in funding through the Canadian Agricultural Partnerships Agra Marketing Program to promote Canadian beef and veal exports globally. President of Canada Beef Michael Young says they applied for funding based on their market development plans. Within that, it includes targeted markets, but also tactics, which would include, you know, attendance and trade shows, development of of point of purchase materials that support the brand, but also different resources that help to communicate either business to business or business to consumer. And that's He notes 40% of Canadian beef is exported with production earmarked for about 80 countries. That international trade adds anywhere from six dollars to $700 per head of additional value for producers and the beef industry as a whole. And Glenborough-based Prairie Fava, the leading Canadian fava bean ingredient supplier, is joining forces with Big Mountain Foods to create a new line of fava-based food products such as non-allergen tofu. Protein Industries Canada is also investing in the project. Here's president and co-founder of Prairie Fava, Haley Jeffries. We all know the world needs more and wants more high-quality plant-based protein sources. Canadian farmers are known for their production of high-quality, nutritious protein crops. At Prairie Fava, we are directly linked with my husband's fifth-generation farm and family seed business. This gives us control over our fava supply and traceability, which makes it even more attractive for food companies seeking fava which is also one of the most sustainable crops available to growers as it's one of the highest nitrogen-fixing crops. Big Mountain Foods will provide fava-based products at the first ever allergen and soy-free tofu factory in the world. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, May 2nd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today... We'll get an update from the Canadian Food Grains Bank on their strategic five-year plan. The Canadian Food Grains Bank has released its five-year strategic plan. Musu Taylor-Lewis is Director of Resources and Public Engagement. In the coming years, we will be building on almost 40 years now of Christian service, um, working towards a world without hunger. Um, Strategic plans, by their very nature, focus on the things that need to change, but we do want to emphasize that there's a lot that will not change. Our mission, our vision will remain the same. Our areas of program focus on food security and uh, providing emergency food assistance in times of crisis will continue. But what we have is a strategic plan. It's built with ethical uh, and theological seriousness. It deals with the key issues of our time. Nexus programming that bridges our humanitarian and development work that addresses climate adaptation programming and addresses the growing impacts of the climate change on those that we serve. And it also advocates for localization and equitable practice in the way in which we deliver those programs. It's also going to be really emphasize four pillars. We have four themes in this new strategic plan. The first is that we want to be courageous innovators. We want to... uh, we want to be sector leaders in pushing the horizons of what's possible to um, end global hunger. We want to make a compelling invitation. We want to invite more individuals, policymakers, Canadians into the conversation and invite them to take specific actions that will contribute to ending hunger. We know that the impact that we can have will only be multiplied through advocacy, through um, the many, many Canadians that continue to come alongside our work. 
uh, we want to advance equitable practice, as I said before. We want to be really intentional about recognizing individual and community rights to self-determination everywhere where we work. And so we want to just actively seek to reverse any practices that may be based on harmful assumptions that could limit meaningful expression or changes that communities themselves want to see for themselves. And last but definitely not least, in keeping with our identity as a um, partnership of 15 churches and church-based um, agencies, we really want to build vibrant network relationships to strengthen that partnership so that we all can do more um, to work towards this vision and mission. Is there anything else that'll, you know, be be different, um, you know, over the next five years here? Or? The organization itself, no, we, we feel like we, we have a strong foundation on which to build these differences. And the main thing is we're going to try to be a lot more innovative in the way we work. Um, so Nexus programming really bridges those two areas of work, humanitarian and development, because even for those in crisis, we're thinking about long-term recovery and long-term food security. We want to address climate. We want to be able to um, uh, develop an innovation fund so that Canadians who want to see this innovation take off have an opportunity to fund it. Um, so those are the kinds of things that we are thinking about. But in terms of the organization itself, of course, we'll be looking at structures to make sure that we're able to do that. But um, fundamentally, we feel like the organization is a strong basis from which we can do this work. And I guess currently, you know, what, what are the uh, areas of the world where, uh, where you're focusing uh, your work? We are currently in 33 different countries around the world. About half of our programming is done in countries in Africa. Uh, but we're also in countries in Asia and all of the, you know, in the Middle East, in Yemen, in um, Syria. We are in Ethiopia. We're in Tanzania. We are in Colombia, Venezuela. We're in Haiti. We're in 33 countries around the world and continue to um, be as present as we can be in every area where there are food crises. With, um, with the war in Ukraine, is that something that has um, shifted some of your, some of your focus? Or? Oh, definitely. We've definitely um, you know, turned our attention there along with everybody else, um, but, but also trying to make sure that we're not losing focus in the areas where there's a continuation of the crisis, but we have two members currently working inside Ukraine to address uh, that, you know, tragedy and the situation there with, um, with the Ukrainian people. And, of course, the situation in Ukraine is having an impact on food security worldwide uh, due to their place in the world and the amount of grain that it was exported from Ukraine to other parts of the world. Um, the food supply chains that are being affected because of the disruptions of the war, um, food um, insecurity is rising directly as a result of that crisis. And of course, that creates um, focus not just on Ukraine, but on other areas of the world that are impacted indirectly by the war. That was Musu Taylor-Lewis with the Canadian Food Grains Bank talking about the organization's five-year strategic plan. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network.
Time now for a look at the farm calendar. A workshop entitled Start Your Grazing Plan will be held May 3rd at the Brookdale Farm north of Brandon. You can register on the Manitoba Beef and Forage Initiative website. Another workshop will be held May 5th at the Ericsdale Community Centre. Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada has established an e-commerce resource hub where Canadian agri-food companies can access resources to take advantage of global opportunities to sell products online. These sessions begin May 4th and conclude June 6th. Each week covers a different topic. You can register on the Manitoba Agriculture website. And the 2022 Spring Farmers Market Coordinator Gathering is being planned for May 13th in Winnipeg. The gathering includes workshops, lunch, solution mill, as well as time to connect with fellow coordinators. Get all the details with Direct Farm Manitoba. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, BASF is bringing back its Safety Scouts program for the 2022 season. Nicole McCauley is Head of Communications and Public Affairs at BASF Canada Agricultural Solutions. We're pretty excited to bring the program back for 2022. For those who might remember, we launched the Safety Scouts program in 2021 in its inaugural year. And it's really about giving kids on the farm an opportunity to engage in meaningful ways around safety and safe behaviors on and off the farm. And how did things go uh, during that first year? Oh, we, uh, (laughs) it's a funny story. We, you know, tried to anticipate, we ordered 1,500 kits And we actually sold out in the first few days and we had to reorder extras um, and deliver them later in the year uh, just because there was so much enthusiastic participation in the program. So we've got about 2,000 kids in the troop right now. In every kit, there is a safety vest, there's safety coloring sheets and activities. There's a pledge to make it really meaningful for each child on the farm to take accountability and find a leadership role really on the farm in this space. There are a lot of incidents on farm um, and in agriculture in general. And so what we saw at BASF was if we could instill some of this safe behavior at a young age, these are lifelong skills and lifelong behaviors that will stick with them through the long run. And, you know, with the kids involved, is this something that, you know, maybe uh, rubs off onto other family members, you know, to get them thinking about safety as well? I think so. And I think, honestly, it gives Um, it gives families an opportunity just to have meaningful conversations. It gives kids an opportunity to ask questions and for parents and and other children within the family, the extended family, or even, um, you know, the farming community or the farm operation to have meaningful conversations about safety because it is something that the kids on the farm are talking about. And uh, Nicole, if uh, people want to get involved this year, how do they uh, find out more? Absolutely. So you can go on our social media, um, on Twitter, or you can actually go onto the BSF website, agsolutions.ca, and you can find everything there with regards to signing up and registering and getting a kit sent out to your family. That was Nicole McCauley, Head of Communications and Public Affairs at BASF Canada Agricultural Solutions, talking about the company's Safety Scouts program coming back for the 2022 season. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Canada has a very strong export market for Canadian beef and plans are in place to grow that market. 2021 exports of Canadian beef were up 20% in volume and up 37% in value from 2020. Michael Young, president of Canada Beef, says they'll be leveraging producer checkoff dollars to access up to $3.6 million in federal funding through CAP's agri-marketing program to promote Canadian beef and veal exports globally. The CAP funding typically is is uh, is designed for generic type promotion. So 
Uh, and that means that we don't put any brand, any Canadian brand, ahead of any other Canadian brand. It's simply Canadian beef. So that's an important note, too, regarding CAP funding. It's, it's generic promotion of Canadian beef abroad. You know, it's 40% of Canadian beef is exported to about 80 different countries. That international trade adds anywhere from six to $700 per head of additional value for producers and the beef industry as a whole. And Glenborough-based Prairie Fava, the leading Canadian fava bean ingredient supplier, is partnering with Big Mountain Foods to create a new line of fava-based food products such as non-allergen tofu. Protein Industries Canada is also investing in the project. President and co-founder of Prairie Fava, Haley Jeffries, talked about why they decided to focus on fava. Well, I always had a passion for health and it was fueled in part by my mother's cancer diagnosis. While seeking out alternative proteins for her, I realized fava was underdeveloped and underutilized in consumer segments. I also learned that fava beans meet this need for numerous food and health consumer trends, including being free of allergens, non-GMO, gluten-free, very high protein and high in fiber, and it's naturally light in flavor profile. Big Mountain Foods will provide fava-based products at the first-ever allergen and soy-free tofu factory in the world. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll have our first edition of this year's Bean Report. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can meet us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.